Welcome to the Begin the Begin podcast. My name is Jeff Hillemeyer, and I'm on a mission to find out what makes people tick. Not just anyone, people who are making a profound impact on the world. I want to dig into their origin story and get to the root of why and how they do what they do. I hope you are as inspired coming out of these conversations as I am. Let's get into it. On this episode, I had the chance to talk with Jeff Perkins about both his promotion from CMO to CEO of Park Mobile, one of my favorite Atlanta tech companies, and about his new book, How Not to Suck at Marketing. It's great. We talk about what he was most nervous about when he was taking the role of CEO, how he's going to continue to build upon the great culture at Park Mobile, and what led him to write his first book. And hey, while I've got you, definitely consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening on. I have a lot of great guests lined up that, trust me, you won't want to miss. Okay, let's get into it. All right, today I have another Jeff. Jeff Perkins, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Hey, it's good to be with you, Jeff. I am the uh, current CEO of Park Mobile, uh, headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia, the number one app for uh, parking on mobile device. It's a fantastic app for those that haven't used it. How many cities are you guys in? We're in about 500 cities across the country. So we're, we're really everywhere. Um, you know, it's uh, people always joke with me that when they're out and about, they just see these green signs everywhere, which is the indicator that Park Mobile is available in the city. Yeah. Um, so you, how many times have you said I'm the CEO of Park Mobile? This is pretty new, right? Uh, not, not many times. It's, it's pretty fresh. I actually sometimes have to catch myself because I was the CMO and I became the CEO. So sometimes I still say I'm the CMO and then someone, someone has to correct me though. Jeff, aren't you the CEO at this point? Yeah, I bet. Well, we'll get into all that. I do want to ask, I hope you're going to be the cool CEO who wears the company t-shirt. I see you're wearing that now. And I know you did a lot when you were the CMO. Is it, (laughs) is it still appropriate? I mean, it is a startup. I I think so. I I do think so. you know, I've always felt that, you know, as um, not just the marketing person, but as the, a leader in the company, one of your core jobs is to, to really to be like the head cheerleader, you know, the, the culture person, because if you don't if you don't show your passion for the business, um, nobody's going to care about the business. Right. But if you're the guy who's there and who's got the always wearing the swag and um, just seems super geeked up about everything you're doing, um, that's contagious. Right. And then other people in the organization start to feel that way. I mean, I always um, I always joke with my team because they're just like, we're buying more swag, Jeff. I was like, yes, because I want I want everyone in the company to have the hats and the T-shirts and I want them to wear it in the office or out when they're out and about with their friends and family. Um, because that's human media, right? That's, uh, mobile billboards for us. Uh, so, so the more people out there wearing park mobile gear, that's a, that's a good investment in marketing. Man. I'd love to hear you say that. Cause I'm the same way at dragon army. I'm always pushing for swag. We do quarterly swag. And even during COVID, I'm like, no, of course we're still going to do swag. Like, come on guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's important. It's important. Okay. So I, I want to sort of backtrack for a moment to get to how you ended up in the CEO role. Uh, you went to American university, right? And you were political science major. Is that right? I was. Yes. Yes. What was your, at that point, what did you think you wanted to do with your life? I had no idea. So if we go way back to when I was, uh, you know, living in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, going to Cherry Hill High School East, for those who know the area. Um, so 
I was uh, I was on the basketball team, and then at some point I said, you know, I'm going to run for student government, and so I became a, a vice president of the student government, and um, and you know, somewhere in my brain it said, well, Jeff, you're a vice president, you should go into politics. Um, you you like running for election, and uh, that that should be your career path. And so I said, okay, if I'm going to go into politics, I need to go somewhere, you know, where politics is happening. So I went to DC, I went to American and, um, I studied political science and it's, it's actually, it's a great major. It's super interesting. Um, but it doesn't give you a lot of, uh, a lot of skills when you graduate, if you don't want to work in political campaigns or government. So I, I kind of came out of college and I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do now. Uh, I don't want to do this politics game anymore, mostly because, uh, you know, it was a private university. It was very expensive and the idea of going and doing some unpaid internship on a political campaign just wasn't wasn't super appealing to me or or my parents who just you know footed the bill for 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 the education, uh, and so I, I had to kind of take a different path and and I I ended up um, I, I have a, a relative who um, he worked at Johnson and Johnson and he worked on like the Tylenol brand for many years and he had all these contacts in the advertising business. And, you know, he, he kind of helped me network into a couple of ad agencies and I ended up landing at Saatchi and Saatchi in New York. And um, I would like to think I got in on my own merits because I nailed the interview and I was, you know, super bright and, and curious. Uh, but looking back, I was like, oh, they were just doing a favor for an important client, <laughs> Get, giving his nephew uh, an entry level job and, and get, helping me get my foot in the door into the industry. So I'm, I'm forever grateful for my uncle and for Saatchi for kind of getting me into the the advertising marketing world. And that's kind of where I stayed for uh, most of my career until um, until taking the CEO title. And and that was like, what, 15 or 20 years of of focusing on marketing Um and you're not just someone who was in marketing. I mean, I've I've read some of the stuff you've written. I've seen you talk at things. Like, you seem to love marketing. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I I, I describe myself as a marketing geek. Um, I, I really enjoy marketing, and um, I've become kind of a you know a practitioner of it over the years. And I think, like anything, when you do things for a long time you become pretty good at it. I like to think I'm, I'm a pretty good marketer. And I also, I really like, the thing I really like about marketing as a function is that it's always changing and never boring. And so you think about um, finance, for example, uh, you know, finance never changes, right? Uh, yeah, maybe the tax law evolves over, over certain years, but for the most part, uh, the people in the financial function are doing the same things today that they were probably doing 20, 30, 40 years ago. In the marketing function, the role of a, a marketer is completely different than it was 10 or 20 years ago. Completely different. The way a marketing department is organized today is, is totally different than it was probably 10 years ago. And so that to me was always really fun because you have to sort of recreate yourself, recreate your, your organization every few years to keep up with the pace of change. And that that if you if you like that and you like a job that's really dynamic and and always always evolving, marketing is a great career path. If you're more like I like to do what I was trained to do in college, um marketing could be the most scary position <laughs> uh within the company. So it's just it's all about like what you like and what you're drawn to. Um but I think 
probably the biggest thing for me is why why marketing became the kind of my thing in my career was that I, I learned very early on that um, it's very important to me in my job that I'm able to draw a direct line from the work I'm doing to some kind of impact on the business, right? And so I always found marketing to be a role where you can really drive an outcome and you could really see the value of, of your sweat equity in the real world. And that's something that has always been very important to me in, in my work. I, I would never go take a job where um, I, I couldn't see the, the real tangible impact of something I was working on because it would just be, to me, that would just be super boring and probably very soul sucking uh, to not be able to, to measure the impact you're having on the organization you're working for. Mm, yeah. And a lot of what you talked about is very, very much entrepreneurial, which is why I think I also love marketing because as an entrepreneur, it is always changing and evolving. You can't just sort of sit and be complacent. You have to like that you know, kinetic energy and, and constant sort of chaos. Uh, I, I do want to ask you, because you, you've had the chance to, you know, both on the agency side and then on the, the you know, as we call it, the client side, the brand side, uh, work with many different brands and, and products. It must be awesome to be at a place, because I, you know, I, I know Park Mobile intimately um, and I'm a customer and it's just a fantastic offering, right? To get to do, to, to get to run marketing at a place where you really believe in the product and it's needed and people want it. I mean, that's like next level, isn't it? It's, it's super fun. Uh, it really is. And, uh, so my, my previous company was called QA symphony and, uh, QA symphony made software for, uh, for software testers. So people that do the QA work on, um, on different software applications, we had software for them. And it was a great software, really a uh, fun business to work on. I joined, we were about a million in ARR. We grew it to 20 million. We raised 50 million from a bunch of cool venture capitalists from New York. So it was, it was an amazing ride. Um, and really, you know, it, it actually was my first real startup where, you know, I joined right after the Series A and there were 15 of us and we grew to about 100 uh, by the time I left. But throughout my journey there, the thing that always really, um, really bugged me was that I wasn't a user of the product. And I tried, I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta put my <laughs> software tester hat on and I'm going to go sit with the QA guys and I'm going to really learn how they work and how this product really helps them. And I, I think I got there to some extent, but man, that was not for me. And, and it was, I, I learned an important lesson at that job that for me personally, I want to work on products where I'm a user. Mm. And, and that that's where I really get geeked up is like, like that's why Park Mobile was so attractive because um, it, it was a really interesting um, industry, uh, industry that's evolving. They have a pro, they have a B2B side of the business, a B2C side of the business. But at the end of the day, they had an app when I joined in uh, 2017 that was used by 8 million people. And that just seemed very fun. And I was like, wow, to have an app that's used by so many people every day to pay for parking, um, it, that, that just is great. And I love when people come up to me and I'm wearing my Park Mobile shirt and they, they ask me about, hey, do you work at Park Mobile? Um, I love the app. Or sometimes they say, hey, do you work at Park Mobile? Can I ask you? I got a ticket when I use Park Mobile to pay. So it's uh, kind of the occupational hazard of, uh, 
of, of working on an app that a lot of people use, but it's, um, yeah, it's great. And I, I spent a lot of time uh, talking to people about the app at, who are outside of the company, who are users. I spent a lot of time on social media and our app reviews, just kind of reading what people are saying, because, you know, I, I mean, our goal is to make the app as good as it can be, uh, as user-friendly as it can be. And, and hopefully, you know, it's going to be significantly better than any other app they can use in the category. Mm, yeah. I'm curious how the last, you know, prior to you stepping into the new role, what the last year and a half was like when I have to have to believe that the number of, you know, daily usage went down number, you know, just because people weren't driving as much and didn't have that need for parking. How was that at the the company and how did you guys get through it? Yeah. So if you rewind to the beginning of 2020, we were, um, we were high flying, right? We were, uh, we were breaking records every day. Like it was such a great time to be in the business where I remember we did our, um, our all company meeting in January at State Farm Arena with all 200 employees. And then we stayed for the basketball game after the all hands. And, and we're just like this, this is the best. I remember tag not tag honored us as like one of the top 10 companies of the decade in the state of Georgia. Um, it was just like the party was never going to end. And then it did right. Then, you know, March, 2020, everything shuts down. And suddenly this business that had been a rocket ship for so long, um, dropped 95% overnight. Oof. I mean, so, so, March and April, we were down 95% from where we were in February because we only make money if people park because uh, it's a transaction-based business. And so it was a really hard year. Uh, and really, you started to see us come back a little bit in uh, May and June and then July. And, but it just, it, you know, it just never, we never got back to 2019 levels in 2020. It was always, we were always down, you know, at, at probably the best, we were probably down only 30%, right? So it was, it was a really tough year for the business. So what do we do? Um, we, we had to shift everything from, you know, Hey, let's go acquire as many, as many cities as we can get. And let's acquire as many users as we can get to, okay, we have to try to figure out how do we keep this business afloat? Um, and, and so we had to spend a lot of time on like, hey, what expenses do we have that we could eliminate? How do we how do we kind of really batten down the hatches and get through this storm? Because we know we have a good business. We know we're going to be back eventually. Um, and so we had to we we went through an exercise where we reduced a ton of expense across the business. But one thing we're really proud of is that we didn't lay anyone off. Mm. And you know, in our industry, in the parking industry, you know, everybody was like getting laid off or furloughed. We didn't lay anyone off. We didn't furlough anyone. Um, we reduced our expenses down to a point where we could, you know, kind of maintain the business um, and weather the storm and really wait for it to come back. And um, and then we we did some smart things, I think, around moving resources around. So uh, I had a, a woman on my team, she ran trade shows, right? That was a, you know, all of her job was running trade shows. There were no trade shows in 2020. Um, so what do we do? Do we let her go? Uh, no, we actually moved her to a different team that had more needs for her, uh, out of marketing. And so we gave her an opportunity to stay with the company, to move to our implementations team where she got new experience. And actually we just brought her back into marketing, 
um, about a year later, which uh, really was, I think, gave her a good opportunity to learn more about the business and the company yep. uh, and, and keep her within within the business, right? And not, not get to a point where we just had to let her go. Um, so we had to make a lot of decisions like that from a marketing perspective. Um, we also... Uh, you know, when you're when you're growing as fast as we were growing, um, you get kind of like caught up in user acquisition, and that's all you focus on. Um, we real we when you cut all your marketing budget, <laughs> yeah. you realize okay, we can't spend any money on user acquisition. Uh, let's focus on let's look at retention. And we realized um, we had a bit of a leaky bucket going on at Park Mobile at the time, and so all of our marketing mindshare went to all right. How do we how do we drive retention? How do we keep people? Um, engage with Park Mobile. How to and and we found some really interesting ways that people were we were losing customers, and we we kind of patched those leaks. And so now we've improved our uh, our user retention, which is great, and it will serve us well now that the business is growing again. And where do you where would you say the business is today? You know, so is it, it obviously it was ninety five percent down in March. I mean, are you halfway back? Are you more than halfway back? We're we're more than halfway. Where we're actually we're back. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. So we are um, in the, in August. We were, we're about twenty seven percent above August twenty nineteen. Wow. And, and twenty nineteen is kind of a, the benchmark, right? So we are we are growing like crazy. It's a little bit of a roller coaster though, because we'll be growing, and then there'll be um, you know earlier in August we were uh, we you know you had a lot of scares around the Delta variant, so you saw that growth kind of start to start to flatten and start to grow again. And then we just had the hurricane, unfortunately. So that, that takes transaction volume down a bit, but, um, but overall the, the trajectory is, is back up into the right. And so uh, one of the, one of the exciting things that happened last year for us is that even though our business didn't grow from a, a user acquisition and a transaction volume perspective, it did grow from a client acquisition perspective. Because if you think about the other side of our business, where we're out there talking to cities or venues or just parking operators, um, they all did, last year decided, hey, we need to get contactless payment options if we don't have them right now. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our, uh, we had a ton of traction on the sales side last year. And so that's why our business is up so much now is that all of those uh, deals that we closed last year and implemented uh, we had the best year in company history from a, a deal uh, close one perspective and an implementations perspective. Um, all those deals are now popping. And so you have all these cities or universities that uh, we signed on last year that you're really starting to see significant transaction volume out of. And that's really exciting. And again, that's that's what's going to set up set us up for great success going forward. Yeah. The, the, the companies that were able to hang on and, and do what you guys did are, are going to come out stronger, right? Because you've been able to do things. I mean, I even think of the example you gave of the woman who moved into a different part of the business. Now she's back in marketing. Well, she's going to be a far better marketer. She understands the business more and the needs of the team and stuff. So I think that's great. So did you, when in your career, if ever, did you think, gosh, I'd love to be the CEO. I'd love to run, you know, whatever company I'm at. Did that ever happen? It never really happened because I I generally I don't look at my career in terms of like what title I want to get. I, I really don't. And I, I try to pick jobs and companies where I think I could make the maximum impact given my skills, experience, and, and talents. And, and that's really what drives me. So when when I'm looking for a job in the past, it's all been it hasn't been about. I need to get this title 
or uh, you know, I need to be at this level or get this salary. It's about looking at the the whole opportunity and saying, "Hey, I really think I could help this business." Mm. And when you have a, a mindset that's all around impact to the business, a lot of times that gets you out of your marketing lane. And that's what happened to me at Park Mobile, where you know I started running marketing, but I, I quickly started you know working in other areas uh, and. I, I think teams were eager to get me involved in their area because they saw I was I was making an impact in my area. And so um, I started in marketing, then I took on product responsibilities, and, and then I took on broader technology responsibilities. So I, I was um, continuously adding to my portfolio at the company. And so when the CEO job came open, it, it was almost like it just made sense for me to step in because I had such a big part of the company that was under my, mm. you know, un, under my, uh, my purview. So, so that's, that's kind of how it evolved. It's, it's not your, your conventional, um, ascension to, to a CEO rank, but I, even at the CEO, you know, a CEO of park mobile, um, the thing that's great about it for me is I just keep, get to make even more of an impact on more of the more pieces of the business. Yeah. And, and if that's what you like, and, and that's what motivates you, it's, it's really gratifying. You know, it's, it's, it's fun to spend time with our, our finance team or our, our HR team, the parts of the business I haven't worked as much with and seeing opportunities there and, and ways we can, we can do better. We can do more, we can make, uh, you know, make those functions, um, you know, uh, you know, have it, have a bigger impact on the business. So I'm really excited uh, to be in the CEO role. I mean, I think we have a, just at the company an outstanding management team. We have outstanding talent at all levels. We have a great culture. Um, I, you know, I, I just, I, I just think the future is so bright for us. There's so much opportunity ahead, and it's going to be a really fun ride over the next few years. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to be really exciting. I'm curious, who approached who first? Did the company say, "Hey, Jeff, you might want to take a look at this," or did you say, "Hey, I might be interested"? Who approached who? Uh, so our, our previous CEO, John Ziegler called me one day and, um, told me he was moving on (laughs) and told me I was going to be the CEO. (laughs) And that's, that's literally how it went down. And, um, and I, and I was, I was kind of surprised, um, and surprised in a good way. Um, but John said to me, he said, Jeff, you basically run 75% of the company right now with all the teams that are, you know, kind of, um, that, that report to you. So this makes total sense. This is your next, this is the next expansion of your portfolio, right. Uh, taking on that, that CEO role. And, um, and so it's been, you know, it's been really fun. I mean, I, 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 like I said before, it's, uh, it's a good team. Um, we have a new owner actually in uh, Sweden and they're just, they're awesome. So, I think we're, um, you know, as far as taking on uh, a first time as a first time CEO, taking on the responsibility, I couldn't ask for a better situation because, you know, I'm not coming in cold to an organization that I don't know. I mean, this is an organization that I've, I think I've helped build over the last couple of years. Um, I, I really do view it in many ways. This is kind of like it's kind of like my baby. Right. And um, yeah. I'm just excited to continue the journey with the team we have and, and help lead them to kind of the next phase of the business. Man, what a phone call. That's awesome. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, That's... the funny thing, I'll, I'll tell you this story though, because um, John, if, for those who know John Ziegler, I mean, he's, he's a, a really just an outstanding guy. But when he called me, um, he said, uh, Jeff, I want to talk about you and your future at Park Mobile. 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, geez, I'm getting fired because, you know, we just had the acquisition. I, I, um, I didn't really, you know, there's, you know, whenever I thought I was pretty, I was safe and you know, I was, I was totally all into for this next leg of the journey. And, um, but you know, he said that to me, I was like, oh man, I'm getting fired. And then like a minute later, you're going to be the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of a like a, a bit of an emotional uh, roller coaster for that, but it's um yeah that's, that's, that's basically funny. how it went down. <laughs> that's funny. Well, it you know when I saw it, so in the span of what a couple of months, you became the CEO for the first time of a company, and you put your first book out. Yes. Um, and, and it's yeah. funny because the book's about marketing, and here you are transitioning, and it made me wonder like. It might it might feel a little bit like you know when Seinfeld uh, did his special. I'm telling you for the last time, and he sort of like took all his stuff and said, all right, I'm, this is the last time I'm doing this. I wondered if it's like, I know you're obviously still going to be involved in marketing, but it's almost like, all right, here's what I have to say about marketing. Now it's time <laughs> for me to do something different. Does it, does it feel like that a little bit or is this just the beginning? Um, I mean, that wasn't the intention. I guess I could see your point. <laughs> um, I mean, the reality is I'll always uh, keep my hands in, in the marketing piece yeah. of the business. As, as I think most CEOs should. I mean, uh, marketing is, uh, you know, your external face to the world. And so as the CEO, you're going to want to have a lot of say in, in what you're doing from a marketing perspective. Uh, but, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting though, because all this, the, the CEO role and the book, it, it was totally unintentional that those hit kind of at the same time. <laughs> My wife was joking with me. She's like, man, this is like the summer of Jeff. You got <laughs> all this stuff happening to you. Um, but the, the reality well, tell me, is, Yeah, tell me about the book too. So it's called yeah. uh, How Not to Suck at Marketing. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you about it. But it, it's it's really interesting because I was thinking about it. And it's it's that point. It's like taken me 25 years to be an overnight success, right? It's, <laughs> right. It's like, I mean, I've been I've been grinding for years just um, just doing the work, right? And And trying to help build businesses and build teams. And, um, and along the way, I learned a lot of lessons. So I started writing a blog, uh, and, uh, you know, I kind of took a lot of the blog posts and then wrote a bit more and then turned it into a book. Um, but the reason I started, you know, writing the blog and then, then what became the book was that I, I just started noticing, um, all my friends in marketing constantly getting fired. Mm. And I said, what, what is going on here? What is it about this function that is so hard or so complicated that, you know, you have these people who are super smart that had great success at other companies, and then they go into um, one company and then they're out in six months. And, and so I, I kind of kept asking myself this question, like, what am I seeing um, as a marketing leader that what am I doing right? Or what have I done wrong that I've learned from and pivoted? And, and what are some lessons that I can share with, with other marketers? And so I, I kind of broke the book into a couple of sections. One is really about um, tactically how not to suck at marketing. So some things you need to do, areas you need to focus on, um, you know, ways you need to think about prioritization as far as what work you do now and later. Um, so that that's kind of part one is just literally how not to suck at marketing, how to do marketing maybe a little bit better than you're doing it. Um, and then, you know, part two is really more about, um, you know, how, how you as a marketer need to work with your team and other stakeholders within the organization, 
Like, how does the marketing have to work with the CEO and the CFO? How do you work with your own internal team? How do you work with the sales team? So a lot about the, the interpersonal dynamics within a company that really make a big difference when you're a marketing leader. Um, and, and so that was a big part. And then the third part is really about navigating your career in marketing. What Just basically sharing a lot of things that um, I did during my career, areas where I kind of I, I messed up or areas where I excelled, but how do you get to that next level? How do you get to become, you know, from a, you know, uh, I was an account executive at Saatchi and Saatchi to a CMO of a company. Um, how, how do you do that? Like, what were the things that I learned along the journey that really helped, you know, kind of help my career journey? Uh, and so that, that's the third part of it. So it's really, it's just a lot of lessons learned um, in, in a career in marketing. I, I would describe it maybe as like a survival guide, yeah. Um, but but I think it's a useful book for people who maybe are struggling uh, in marketing and trying to figure out what they need to do, and and just aren't aren't getting there because you know the reality is, um, you know, when you're in a company and you if you don't feel like you're doing a good job. Uh, chances are your CEO probably agrees with you. <laughs> and if that's the case, you will be out of a job pretty soon. And, and so it's like just trying to figure out, all right, how do you, how do you not suck? How do you kind of yeah. get through some of those challenges, those barriers and, and start to put together a marketing program and a team that'll start to drive the business and make an impact? Yeah. It sounds like it'd be helpful for people just getting started in marketing to current CMOs. Um, it sounds like you've put a lot of lessons in uh, from all of that, when you wrote the book, was it like you put your head down for six months? I know you said you pulled from past stuff, but did, was it something that took you a long time or were you able to just say, all right, let me knock this thing out in a certain period of time? I, I actually kind of knocked it out. And I, it, it, it was a lot faster than I thought it would be. Cause you know, when you, I'm working with a publisher and, and they're like, Jeff, we need 50,000 words. Yep. And when you think about it, I was like, that's a lot of words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I could write that many words. And, and really, I, I just kind of gave myself some time on weekends and then really over the the holidays, I spent a lot of time just, just writing every day. And before I knew it, I was like, wow, I, I, I think I had, I had 20,000 words when I submitted the manuscript and then I wrote another 40. Mm-hmm. Um, and that all happened really within probably six months. So right. it, it, it came together pretty fast. And, and what I found was that uh, the key to it was just starting getting started. That yep. was the hardest part. Uh, and and I was like, okay, because it's so intimidating. You're just sitting, you're sitting there in front of the computer, you have an outline, you're like, or what do I want to say? But once I got going, I was shocked how I could just turn out 10,000 words just in an afternoon sitting there, just cranking through it. Um, and so that was, um, it, it was a great process. I mean, you've written a book too, or you've written multiple books. So, so you probably kind of understand like, it's all about it's all about getting started, knowing what you want to say, and then just going. That's and, right. And once you get the momentum behind it, um, I mean, I could probably could have written another forty thousand words for this book, mm-hmm. um, and and it wouldn't have taken me that long because I I kind of got a real momentum behind the writing. So that leads to, do you think you know? Obviously, you've got your work cut out for you now. You're a CEO. You've got you're going to be busy. But is there going to be another book one day? Like, sounds like you'd be open to it. Uh, I think so. I, I mean, yeah. it, I just would, you know, with this book, I really think I had something I wanted to say to people who work in marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was really, um, kind of why I wrote it, why I, you know, why I took the time to put it together. Um, 
but now that I've written one and, you know, every day I learn lessons, mm -hmm. right. About, you know, just now being a CEO, I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot more lessons. Yeah. So, so I would think probably, you know, I, I, in the future, I, I may have another book in me um, because I, I do find, and, and you probably feel the same way as someone who's written books, writing for me uh, serves as a good way to process things that are going on and, 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 and really um, refine my understanding of what, what happened or, or what did I learn from that? Um, because if you just like, if you do something and you learn a lesson and you just think about it, that's fine. But actually taking the time to sit down and write about what you just experienced gets you to a whole nother level of understanding about what happened. hundred percent. And, and, you know, and I found when I was writing the book, you know, and some, and sometimes I was like, I started feeling really bad about maybe things I said to people or how I treated people. Um, but it was only because I, I, I took the time to actually write it and then look back at what I wrote and me like, man, I was a jerk, <laughs> man. I, I, I just handled that horribly. Um, and, and so it's been, um, you know, it's, it's just something if you're, if you're someone who really, um, likes to, to think through things that have happened and, and you really, it, it just gives you a totally different perspective. Um, and, you know, especially taking yourself, you know, maybe separating yourself from whatever happened, yeah. you know, giving a little bit of time. Um, it, it's a really useful exercise. So I think, I think for anyone, you know, whether you write a book or you blog or you journal, um, taking the time to write down your feelings about some experiences that you've had, it's, it's just a good, it's a really good exercise. And I think it really crystallizes like your, your, what your thoughts are. And I, I remember, um, in the past when I've been interviewing for jobs, uh, you know, I, I used to write a lot of blogs just about marketing topics, right? Like social media, I'd write a blog post about what I think about social media. And that helped me so much in job interviews. Because if I'm interviewing, uh, if someone's interviewing me and they ask me, like, what do you think about social media, Jeff? I could, I just wrote a blog post about it. So yeah. I can give you a very, uh, very smart answer as opposed to just some rambling answer, you know, that, that you're trying to come up with off, off the top of your head. That's right. No, it's super helpful. Uh, the book is How Not to Suck at Marketing. I'll put the links uh, to buy it in the show notes. And I can't help but hope that how not to suck at leadership might be the follow on uh, to this book, but real quick, were there other names in contention or was that the name sort of, you're like, this is the thing I want. <laughs> so that was the name I started with. And I always thought I would change it because, you know, when you write a book, I was like, do I really want to have the word suck in a book? And, you know, I, my mom and dad ask me what the book title is. And I'm like, I'm not to suck at marketing or my kids are like, you wrote it. You wrote suck in the book, dad. Um, and so it, it's, you know, it, you know, I, I think it's a little bit irreverent. I mean, actually when I, when I tell people the title, it always brings a smile to people's sure. faces. So I, I think it's a little bit unconventional. Um, but you know, the reason it's called how not to suck at marketing. I mean, the reason I stuck with that title, um, a couple of years back, I was speaking at, um, one of these digital summit conferences. And you know, you've, I think you've probably spoken at the digital summit before, Jeff. Um, and I was trying to think, you know, because at the digital summit, usually there's three sessions going on at the same time. And, you know, I wanted a lot of people in my session because I'm competitive. I was like, I don't want, I don't want to lose out to the, the YouTube guy or the Microsoft guy. I want to have the best attendance in my session. And, and so I was just thinking of names and I, I came up with this name, how not to suck at marketing. And really the presentation was just around best practices that I learned 
um, when going to work at a company that had basically, you know, they, they had blown up the marketing department, everything was a mess. And I came in, I was on the kind of team that came in to help fix it. And, and we really sucked at marketing. Uh, and, and it took a long time to kind of dig out of the hole we were in. So I came up with this title, how not to suck at marketing. And, and so that was my session. And, uh, you know, I arrived to the room to get set up 15 minutes before the presentation and it's already packed. <laughs> like 15 minutes before the presentation, it's packed and only more people started coming in and people were sitting on the floor, lined up around the wall. And I was like, wow, I'm onto something with this title. <laughs> like there's something about that title that, that is really resonating with a lot of marketers today. And so, um, so th that was my focus group as far as, yeah. you know, the, the title. And so I ended up sticking with it for the book. What a great story. That's, that's like the best crowdsourcing you could possibly do <laughs> <Right>. for <laughs> a book title. All right. La last question for you. What type of CEO do you want to be? So I like to be the kind of CEO who is, is very much, you know, someone that is connecting with the people within the business. So um, the kind of CEO I don't want to be is sort of the, the ivory tower CEO, the CEO who works on an executive floor, the CEO who it's like, it, it's, you never really see, or if you do, you know, like, I, I want to be someone who is very connected with the people in the business. And, you know, you know, my belief um, throughout my career is that, you know, you know, I'm only successful if I'm surrounded by people who can can help make me successful and together we all become successful, right? And so it's all about the team you put together. And you know, for me, the focus at Park Mobile is really about having the best product. But to have the best product, you have to have the best people and the best culture. And so um, I think people is probably going to be the thing I'm most focused on, uh, really getting, um, recruiting the best people, retaining the best people. And, you know, if that's my focus, I have to spend a lot of time, not just with my executive team, but with people across the organization. Um, so I really understand uh, what's going on, what are the problems, and, and being someone that you know, across, across the company, people feel like, uh, they could come to, they can talk to. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, this idea of, um, grassroots leadership. Um, there's a great book called, uh, it's your ship, um, mm -hmm. that, that was written about this, but, um, you know, I want, I don't want to have to solve every problem in the company. Um, in fact, that would be like the worst case scenario if, if I have to solve every problem. Um, but I want to create a culture at Park Mobile, and I think we already have it, but you know, really continue a culture where people are empowered to solve problems. And we're not bureaucratic, but people can see if they see an issue, they could come up with a solution and then they can go execute that solution. So I think that at least right now, kind of, you know, a couple of weeks into the CEO job, that really is my focus. It's all about the, having the right people, having the best team, having the best culture. Because I think if you if you do that, if you have the best people, you're going to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that all resonates with who I know you as. I feel like you're a people first type of leader, and uh, I can see that coming through. So, listen, man, I can't be more happy for you. This is going to be fun to watch you on this journey. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy. 
And uh, I can't wait to read the book. So I'm going to, I'm going to order both copies. Cause I know as an author, that's, that'll be nice. Um, and that way I can leave the review on Amazon, but I really do hope people check it out. Uh, if, are you ever going to consider reading it audible or something? I, I would consider that I, my, the publisher I'm working with, they they're starting to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to do an audio version of it. You ought to. Uh, I think that would be, be super great. fun. Yeah. Have I've you now done just, an audio? Have you done I, audio of your, I just your recorded and put out my first two books in audio. And then the third book, which comes out next week, um, it's almost ready as well. It's, it's fun, but I'll tell you what's great about it. It just author to author is it's a great way to go through like a one final editing process, mm. you know, like it, it was where my team was like, and, and it had been edited completely. And then I read it and I found like two or three things, you know, even though it had been like so many times. So, but it's, it's a good experience. So I hope, I hope you consider it. So hope to see you soon, Jeff. All right, Jeff. Thanks very much. Thanks, man. Bye. Wow. You made it to the end of the podcast. I didn't think people did that anymore. Well, since I still have you, I'd love for you to do two things. First, subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you'll be alerted as soon as I post my next one. And second, I'd love for you to subscribe to my email newsletter. I send out an email every week or two, and it's really where I share my more personal thoughts and ideas. Plus, I give stuff away sometimes. You can find the sign up at my blog, jeffhillemeyer.com, and I really do appreciate you listening. 